Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but you can call me Rachel. This podcast is the place to learn about really feeling our emotions, mastering the mind, being aware of our energy, and tuning into our own body's intuition for the purpose of living in bliss, freedom, peace, and what I call our godly potential. And I would love to stay connected with you. If you want updates about Rev with Rachel and living a Rev life, please go to drrachelw.com, enter your name and email address, and I will send you Rachel's nine happiness and healing essentials, as well as my video class, Radical Radiant Growth. I have an app that will support you on your inner healing journey. Go to rachelapp.com. You can download there. There's links and sign up for a free subscription to the Power Words and Daily Recreators. This episode is sponsored by me, your Mary Kay Independent Beauty Consultant for clinically proven skincare and cosmetics from an amazing company that is leading the beauty industry. Please visit marykay.com backslash Dr. Rachel. Today's episode is Awakening the Fun Out of Dysfunction with Ann Ferguson. Ann provides higher living coaching and authentic recovery counseling with over a decade of experience in a career as an addiction recovery counselor. Ann has achieved and sustained her own personal recovery for over 15 years. She takes women and men through a brain-first technology, allowing access to an inner freedom filled with unlimited potential, passion, and purpose. She is a Higher Brain Living Mastery Facilitator and founding member of the New Human University. She is a dream builder coach and spiritual transformational guide who has been trained in neuro-linguistic programming as an NLP practitioner. Anne is the owner of her business, Authentic Dream Building. She is dedicated to your personal growth and transformation that will have you being and doing differently in the world so you can thrive in celebration of an empowered you living life standing in the truth of your fearlessly authentic soul self. Welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you, Rachel. Pleasure to be here. I know. It's awesome to connect with you. I met you, I think, over six years ago when we went through Higher Brain Living training the first round before we went back. But it's been awesome to know you through that. And I'm excited for you to speak to what you're sharing with the world now today. And so would you start by telling a little bit about your story? I mean, and expand as much as you want, because I think you're, what you have to say is really powerful. Um, but, you know, how did you go from earlier in your life to be doing what you're doing now? Okay, thanks. And I do get along a uh, little winded, so feel go free to it. jump in and ask <laughs> any questions. Okay. But yeah, when we, when we met six years ago, that was my awakening through the higher brain living system. And it was, uh, as you know, an amazing, an amazing time in our lives. Um, yeah, my story, well, it's all about dysfunction. And uh, what I've come to know is there's a lot of dysfunction out in the world and we are born into it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I had the typical family like everybody else. I'm the youngest of five. And uh, was born back in the late 60s, and so all through the 70s and 80s. 
uh, you know, I had parents that were loving, but didn't necessarily know how to show that love and or teach me how to feel love. And mm-hmm. so, like we see a lot of uh, times uh, when we're children, you know, we're, we're told to don't do that, don't be that way. We get into school and it stopped dreaming and it's, you know, get into this box of mm-hmm. doing what I say say as I do and be this way. You should be a doctor. You should be a lawyer. You should be a nurse. You should be a um, teacher. I mean, it you know, like, like, you know, they're telling us who to be. Mm-hmm. And so I um, felt very stifled in the box because I wasn't learning how to have my own self-expression. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was told what to wear, how to do my hair, um, who to hang out with. You know, I, I should be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, so I was, as we say, I was shit on. Yes. <laughs> <How many of us? laughs> and then yeah, we exactly. ourselves then. We like take that and start doing it to ourselves. <laughs> exactly. And so that's exactly what I did. I all this, I turned it inward because I didn't know what else to do. And so that really laid the brain groove into being what I call the biggest bully Mm -hmm. to myself. And, but yet, uh, because I didn't have any internal knowledge, I always say, you know, like my family, we didn't know uh, intuition. We didn't know... um, uh, let's, how do I say this? What I, what I look back and see now is, um, it was very conditional, right? And so my body was different than my mind. And so I was looking for things outside of myself to make my physical body feel good and looking for things outside of myself to validate my mind to the internal knowing of who to be and what to be. And what I did is I, uh, you know, that even sounds crazy to say all that. So I went to drugs and alcohol to find some relief mm-hmm. and, um, and I spent many years seeking and searching and running away from in the um, form of addiction, whether it was food, drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping. I was, I was living the dysfunctional lifestyle. And then my family was really good when we would get together that, you know, we would just act like it wasn't there. Uh, and so the denial was the bliss, but it was also the lack of responsibility and taking ownership of how things weren't working to change to things working. So I was in the active use of addiction for um, 25 years or so before I finally got sick and tired mm-hmm. of the dysfunction and being sick and tired. And then I uh, went to um, an outpatient and got sober. But like the statistic is, over 80% will relapse after treatment. Mm-hmm. I did that, but um, then went into uh, AA and got a sponsor and did the 12 steps. And I've been sober since November 2nd, 2003. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. 
tell more about this fun out of dysfunction. What do you mean by that? Well, so when I got sober, I started the journey of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, my mother was a very positive thinker as we were culturally in the 80s and 90s um, with Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn. So I was learning to be, you know, a positive thinker Yeah, <laughs> on, <laughs> on the outside. On the inside, it was a different story. It was always oh. something's wrong with me. I did something wrong. So when I was in my using days, my active addiction, there was something internal that always told me I wasn't living up to my potential. And so at some point in my 20s, I was like, I'm not going to be a 50-year-old drunk at the bar. Mm. So I, at 38, because <laughs> I'm a late bloomer, uh, sobered up. And for me, in that box, living up to my potential was going to school and getting an education mm-hmm. because all my brothers and sisters had. And so um, I went to college and um, started to get my bachelor's degree. And for me, that was living in my potential. So now I'm getting sober. And Mm -hmm. I'm going for my college degree. And so, yeah, life was good. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm doing the 12 steps. So I'm clearing up my character defects. I'm taking a look at my past. And I'm coming into acceptance and humility. And and it just, you know, started that process. So in my first year of sobriety, I took a class with this fabulous teacher. She had a women's development curriculum course that I went to all her classes Mm. and when we get into recovery you know we're we're starting to see the world as as um as uh, and we want to be of service right so Mm -hmm. we're starting to get into these better traits of character and uh we should on ourselves some more (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I should be doing all these really big things, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I, she had this class and uh, I, we were reading the book, um, A Rape Culture. And the class was all about physical abuse and and that cultural of rape. And uh, I walked out of that class just overly emotional that this is, you know, I needed to do something in the world and women that have been physically abused or sexually abused, um, their self-esteem has been broken down and they've been traumatized. And there was a part of me that really related to that because I was my own internal bully. I, I knew that, that of low self-esteem. You know, mm-hmm. even though the drugs and alcohol were gone, I had a lot of years of those beha- self-defeating behaviors mm-hmm. and self-sabotaging. So um, I think there was that connection without me even really understanding what that was. And so, um, but I hadn't been in a physical abusive relationship. And so I um, went to the college curriculum and saw addiction counseling and obviously I had a lot of uh, experience in that (laughs) 
And so I then became an addictions counselor and I've been doing that now for over 12 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so at eight years of sobriety, I was well into my career. I had gotten my college degree and yet I was finding that I was stressed out and unfulfilled mm-hmm. and didn't, you know, I had another bad relationship under my belt that just ended after a couple of years. And it was just like, oh my, I kept thinking, oh my God, I sobered up for this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not happy. Um, and still having no, no understanding or awareness that my internal thinking was creating this, this life. And that's why I wasn't fulfilled. And so I started praying to my higher power. And of course, that always brings uh, attention to the universe that we're discontent. Mm-hmm. And, and so it will start to listen to our prayers. Um, and so sure enough, here comes an uh, email over my work uh, email about higher brain living. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw that it dealt with stress and I was, I was in a very stressful time. I was starting my master's degree. I had, like I said, ended the relationship and, uh, I had moved. I was wonder woman and moved everything myself. So I pulled out my back. (laughs) I couldn't sit down. And, uh, and, uh, so, and I was doing lectures on stress. So I was like, all right, well, I'll go for my clients. Yeah. I go to the, I go, <laughs> you know, again, everything outside of me because internally it was just a, a basket case. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there in this presentation and they're talking about how uh, everything gets filtered in under uh, below the conscious threshold uh, through our reptilian survival brain and it's in charge of the stress response. And something clicked in that presentation that said, Oh my God, I need this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the repeated patterns, the, the high stress. I mean, at this time my hair was breaking off and falling out because oh. life was so stressful. And yet because of my, um, addiction training, meaning the years of my active use, I was justifying the stress. I was adapting to the stress. I was uh, in denial of the stress. Mm-hmm. And so when I was sitting in that presentation, it was just like everything they were saying was hitting home with the stress response and the repeated patterns. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a saying with the lower brain, uh, we call the lower brain, the reptilian brain, that sameness equals safety. And that so rang true in my life. I just kept doing the same things over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember literally following the uh, presenter around saying, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I get a session right now? Yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, I love what you're speaking to with, um, because there is such a belief, I think, ingrained that life is just stressful. Like that's just how it is. And I think you and I both heard it that we don't, we can perceive life in a different way. We can shift out of that lower brain constant, everything is stressful. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And now we have the tools to do that. Yeah. And what I've really, and what I've really come to know, like in recovery, there's so many layers that, you know, we talk about the peeling of the layers of the onion, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many layers to our self, to knowing who we are and learning who we are and, and, and developing who we are and, and, and being who we are. There's just so many layers to unravel. Mm -hmm. And, and what I've come to learn is like, so we're shift, we're getting, um, we're awakening the higher structures of our brain. Like our brain has developed with layers mm-hmm. since the reptilian brain was first designed thousands of years ago. And so, you know, now we have the technology to be able to move into that higher structure of the brain. And so it makes the peeling of these layers so, um, so more enjoyable, so more uh, doable, so more sustainable mm-hmm. as we as we go through that. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So then, what you know, what other kind of personal revelations have you had since that? You know, I know that that was a big shift for all of us to experience and go through. What's changed? You know, what have you realized? Yeah. Well, you know, since that presentation and I started having sessions, I started to see my relationships were changing because I was changing uh, internally. Like I started to in, uh, like myself more and, and now I've started to love myself more, which means that that's now radiating out into my relationships, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. instead of judging people or being sarcastic with them, I am more loving and more giving mm-hmm. towards them. Um, I think that was, you know, you I think that told me about that, how you felt that you're, you were being sarcastic because you were being sarcastic to yourself on the inside. Like, right. Well, I had a, I had an awesome mentor uh, in my, in my early career that because the sarcasm <laughs> we would always say was was the family wit, you know, like us girls. We just, you know, knew how we we thought we were being funny, uh-huh. putting um, when we were stating the truth, but we were very sarcastic, and so that truth would land very uh, harsh uh-huh. and very finger pointing. And uh, so my mentor told me that sarcasm is a lazy w- way of expressing anger. Mm. And so, uh, obviously, as one that's been unable to have that self-expression at, from a very young age, I was I was mad. I was angry, oh, and uh, my <laughs> yeah, and my alcoholism just covered that up. So, um, as I've developed more in my recovery and spirituality, you know, that's been able to be released. Mm-hmm. And let go. And, um, you know, not, I have a healthier way of expressing my anger now because obviously there's going to be things that upset us. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, but now I, I, I live in a higher state of awareness around that, that, um, I have a better way of communicating it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for speaking to that. I think that's so important. I read that in a book once it said, all sarcasm has its roots in anger. And I was like, really? And then I was like, yeah, really. There's not, we don't really have to interact that way with others. 
And uh, right. I, well, I it, it doesn't get you anywhere. It pushes people away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is what I is what I found. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's part of the dysfunction. Who wants to be around a de- uh, depressing, angry person that's always negative? Mm-hmm. Or pointing out what's we wrong. Don't. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, speak more to um, the fun. Like, what, what, what is our potential in fun versus the dysfunction? Well, uh, um I have found that I've peeled back all those layers and got in, into the higher layers of the brain, into the more potential that's in my brain, um, that it's, it's uh, lessened my stress. It's brought my awareness to a higher capacity that I'm able to perceive life as it is. And as you said, not like something's always wrong or that I have to find fault in everything. Um, we're living in that lower reptilian consciousness. You know, every, we, we come from a place of blame and judgment and criticism. And as I get into the higher potential of, of my capacity in my brain, then now I'm, I've got this 50,000 foot view where I'm able to, um, I've let go of the drama. Well, Mm -hmm. life is a lot more fun when there's no drama. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's powerful (laughs) to know, like we can be drama free. And I think you and I know that, but then we just kind of see that so much out in the world that people are, can get so caught up in that. And I was in my past, but it's breaking free from that, that we don't have to create that for ourselves. Yeah. Well, and also in that 50,000 foot view, I'm also like, like I see the dysfunction that I was in. And so I'm able to work on changing that. Mm-hmm. And the changes that we make when we change our physiology of our brain, we get more sustainable changes. You know, so it's not like I go, oh, yeah, I see that. And then I just go on about my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to transcend that bad behavior or that um, behavior that's not serving me. And I get to transcend above it to be able to find what behavior does serve me, mm-hmm. which comes into like better communication, more loving uh, words. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I feel like it also sort of spontaneously and organically emerges. I'm kind of looking, like being able to look at myself or how I'm responding and like, oh my gosh, I, w- I did that way differently just now than I would have five years ago or something. Right. Like the, yeah, all, and and all becomes- those triggers, those things that like trigger us and stuff that all just falls away. It dissolves. Well, it's, it trigger, it, it's not such a deep-rooted trigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so we're not like in it. We're above it. Mm-hmm. And so we get, so that trigger gets processed differently. Right. That and, was, it can, and it, yeah. Yeah. Did you have more to say to that? Because I, I just liked what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> when you no. said it gets well, processed I, differently, I, that was powerful. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Well, you know, when, when we're in that uh, lower reptilian brain and an event happens that triggers us that emotionally, it gets anchored into our physical body, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and then it gets, you know, just repeated into the cycle with the story that we've attached to it because our brain is a meaning-making machine, yeah. Right. And so, um, and so when an event happens, uh, we tend to place a story around it to try to understand it, try to put a label around it, try to, um, you know, process it. Mm-hmm. But if we're not in that survival viewpoint and we're into the higher structure, of potential and possibility, then that then any event doesn't get triggered in such a deep physiological way. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to integrate it and release it a lot easier. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Thank you for describing okay, that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, with the title that you had for today, Awakening the Fun Out of Dysfunction, what you're speaking to is the possibility of that. Like, and I just think that is so important for the listeners to take away from this, that, that it, we don't have to have the dysfunction around the fun. Right. I love that title right. you have. <laughs> yeah. Well, because what I've come to learn is, is having a, a survival mindset the victim mindset, the things are happening to me as opposed to a growth mindset mm-hmm. um, an awakening into who we're becoming, not into who we've always been. Yeah. And therefore always reacting from that vantage point. Instead, we get to be in the growth, the possibility of who I'm becoming in life that's happening for me in every event. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing place and, to be. I love that. Yeah, it is an amazing place to be. And, you know, and I think a lot of times people are like, oh, that takes a lot of work or there's no <laughs> way I'll, or there's no way I'll get to that point. And that's because there's, there's no uh, technology or modality out there that can truly change our brain physiology and our physical physiology at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's what the higher brain living program does. Like we, we awaken that inner organic, that inner technology, technology organically. Mm -hmm. And we create, and we have this system that metabolizes the the higher structure of the brain yeah i love that yeah and um it's it's really amazing and and what that does when we get into when we metabolize that higher structure of the brain and we get into that vantage point that viewpoint we then have emotional regulation and a better decision making process that's quicker it's like a high order thinking mm. and there's a, and there's a lot more clarity and confidence in that structure. 
I love that an ease, I feel like, because I made everything yeah. kind of overwhelming and hard. And it, just to be able to flow in ease instead of like, I have to figure everything out right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is also how we're conditioned to be, right? Because our brain is, um, is designed, like I said, it's a meaning-making machine, but it's also designed to look for what's wrong and what's um, risky. Yeah, the threats. Because, yeah, because that reptilian bearing is to keep us safe. And so, you know, thousands of years ago, it only had to look outside the cave mm-hmm. <laughs> and look for predators. Well, now it's got to look outside the front door of the house and see all the traffic and see all the people around that could be risky. And then inside the house, you know, like the plumbing's not working or, you know, all the things that can go wrong. And there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong in life. So Mm -hmm. if we're always hyper, so if we're always in hypervigilant reaction mode, how fulfilling is that? (laughs) It's not. not. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. And I love how you say in your bio that you will be being and doing differently in the world so you can thrive in celebration of empowered you living life, standing in the truth of your fearlessly authentic soul self. I don't know that we're, I, at least I wasn't raised talking like that was a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, our our dysfunctional family, we didn't even know there were possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> we were just, you know, adapting to whatever was thrown at us. Survival, Sometimes. and that's survival mode. That's really like lower brain. We're just, what's the next problem? What's the next problem? You know, that's that constant. Exactly, survival. exactly. And what if you could live your life looking at what, what's the next possibility? What's the possibility out of this that is happening right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that such a freeing place to be? Mm-hmm. And to just be, to just, like, for me, it was so powerful just to be with my children instead of what else do I need to do? What's, you know, just to focus on being yep. in the moment. I know it just sounds kind of like, oh, that sounds nice, but it's really powerful. <laughs> right. Well, and and I wasn't raised to even sit still. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, we were always on the go. We always had this to-do list. We were always having to work on this project or do that or come do this. It was like never just be still right. and be with self. So true. And I just, we could go on for another 30 minutes, I know. <laughs> but we'll I wrap know. up here. It's been a pleasure connecting with you, Anne. What would be the best way for the listeners to connect with you and learn more? Uh, well, you can go to my website, which is AuthenticDreamBuilding.com. Awesome. I hope they do that. And, and there's a way on, and, you a know, way on there to get in touch with me. The extreme view of addiction and things, but, but that what's showing up in our life that we're using as an escape even though it may not be an addiction, but it's still the keeping us and blocking us from that fearlessly authentic soul self that's wants to thrive and emerge from us. Yeah. Well, what, what's showing up now is distraction, right? We're constantly on our phones mm-hmm. looking down. I, I was um, on a walk the other day and, or you can even see it when you're driving down 
on the road. People are at the corner ready to cross the street and they don't even know the light's green because it's oh, yeah. on their phone. Or I've walked, or I've walked by people and it's like, you don't even know that I just walked by you, <laughs> right. you know, or I've seen people, <laughs> I've seen people walking their dogs and they're not even with their dogs. They're on their phone. And you know, it's like just going through the motions yeah. of life and, and that's not really living. It's not. And it's possible. What we're talking about is possible. Thank you so much, Anne. Yeah. Well, if I can just leave the listeners with one little quote that uh, hopefully they can just contemplate and ponder what their life looks like. Because this uh, by Ralph Waldo Emerson was very powerful for me in, in continuing to be fearless in my authentic self. And the quote is, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. I love that. Thank you for sharing. This has been great. Yeah. Well, yes, it's been a pleasure to reconnect with you, Rachel. You as well. Hey, Rev with Rachel listeners, if you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button so you get all of the latest episodes. And if you're ready to dive deeper into your freedom and radiant expression, you can get my book, Radiantly Free, Recreating Life and Health from the Radiance of You from Amazon. With that, remember to Rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. EWN Podcast Network.